politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to guard our liberties to the one and only CR podcast. Daniel Horowitz back in the house for a new terrific week of broadcasting and organizing. Now is the time we fight back. Now, folks, if you're hearing this now, I am enjoying a great time with about 50 of you guys out here at Front Sight, Nevada. But this is a pre-recorded show. This week, as I warned, will be a little bit irregular in terms of my content, whether it's written, video, audio. We are out having a great time shooting together and taking this defense course and meeting together and just schmoozing and plotting and strategizing. And that's what this is all about. Challenging ourselves to do better. To send the firefighters, first create firefighters, and send them and the water to where the fire is. So obviously we're starting conaction.network. That's Constitution Action Network. So it's conaction.network where you could sign up for your state. Tell us what state you're in and we're going to create groups like a matchmaker of Liberty Strike teams to focus on all of the civilization battles that are taking place in your state. You could have so much more of an influence at a local level fighting civilization issues. Once you start those groups, the sky is the limit to what you can do to pressure, to expose so much stuff going on in these state legislatures where we have patriots, a minority, small minority, put it pushing good legislation and leadership guts them in committee. No one knows about this. You guys are going to be the ones in your states exposing it, pressuring, meeting, and doing all that. Now, on our way, we're going to have to create a parallel universe. We're going to have to think out of the box. We're going to have to disentangle ourselves from the left, create our own safe spaces, as I noted. One of the things is obviously we're going to have to support our own people. You know, we were never of the type that we needed to only patronize conservative organizations. You know, Michael Jordan once upon a time said that Republicans buy shoes too. So he didn't get involved in politics. Now, of course, he does because the whole world has come to an end. But the die is cast. So we do need to self-separate. So a lot of people are stuck with Verizon or Comcast or AT&T T-Mobile for their wireless service and they're literally feeding the beast and it was hard to find a viable alternative well Patriot Mobile today's sponsor is the only Christian conservative wireless provider they have expanded their coverage so you could actually dump those big carriers that charge more and you get more for what what, what you're paying you could switch by Keep it your number, bring your own phone number, buying a new one, bundle it. Go to patriotmobile.com forward slash CR or call their U.S.-based customer service team so you won't be speaking to foreigners at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Veterans and first responders get save even more. This month, get free Premier activation where they set up the phone for you and a special gift with the offer code CR. Again, it's patriotmobile.com forward slash CR, patriotmobile.com forward slash CR, offer code CR or 972-PATRIOT on the phone. 
Now, one other idea we had that I am very fond of, and I think it is a great idea, is a citizen's posse together with the sheriff. How we work together, just like we talk about citizens, legislators, self-governing. What if we had our own militia? Not a militia that runs off on its own, but that works with the local government and is deputized as a sheriff's posse to help, help augment the reach of the sheriff to maintain order and also maintain liberty. And the more we create an impervious bond between sheriffs and their their people, and then create a network of like-minded sheriffs doing the same thing, the more we stop the implementation of the tyranny at the gates. Look, we're never going to go to Davos or wherever these heinous, evil people concoct these ideas and stop them from doing it. But we are going to stop them at the implementation level. Now look, there are challenges where sometimes the feds do come in. We'll have to talk about that. The first step, certainly with the COVID fascism, what if the sheriffs don't play ball with it and will help push back against constitutional violations? Now, no one sheriff could do this alone, which is why I was calling for a constitutional sheriff's association. National Sheriff's Association, like every other organization, has just become a lobby for money. They don't do anything. And the problem is it ropes in all 3,400 sheriffs or 3,100, and that includes the urban ones who are bought out by the mayors. So it's neutered. But you got to start with the rural ones, the patriotic ones, and there are many of them. Pound per pound, there is a much larger percentage of sheriffs who are God-fearing constitutionalists than other elected Republicans. Many parts of the country, sheriffs have a lot of power. And they pretty much are the people that are going to serve a warrant. An idea is, of law enforcement, is to arrest and deter the people that need to be, that are a danger to others, but protect those who aren't. And follow the Constitution. And I called up my buddy, Sheriff Mark Lamb, from Pinal County, now County, Arizona. And I said to him, you know, we really need to start this Constitutional Sheriff's Association. And he said, Daniel, I got great news for you. I think I'm already doing what you're talking about. <laughs> so I'm glad I called him. And he has a new, he's starting a new organization of sheriffs that are created for a time like this. He was the one who started, if you remember, the Sheriff's Posse idea we're going to hear from him today and get a better idea of where that stands, who else is doing it, how we could make it even better, and how we could also, not just at a, a like a sheriff's policy level, but at a political level, communicate and project the message that these are sanctuary, constitutional sanctuary counties. We don't dig unlaw, you know, lawlessness here. We don't treat our people like criminals unless they engage in overt criminal activity in which case we will clamp down on them unlike what everyone else wants to do which is let out the criminals and criminalize peaceful Americans we're not digging this insanity and 
Sheriff Mark Lamb, lo and behold, had the same idea. He's getting together several dozen so far, sheriffs like-minded, to really raise the awareness of the importance of the sheriff and hopefully to spread this idea. And again, this week is I'm out training in Front Sight, Nevada, that really is the best defense training you, you could have. One of the ideas I have that I think would be terrific is if we actually went ahead and some of these counties that don't have the money to train 50, 100, 200, 1,000 people, a lot of people are going to want to do this. What if we did it through Patriot Academy, constitutioncoach.com, took them out to front site, and that would certify them for the training. Obviously, you know the sheriffs would still do other things, and that's your, your posse. And they help be the eyes and ears of the full-time paid deputies, help them if there's unrest, but also work together if there is tyrannical unrest from state or federal governments, health departments. My dream is this, that we have a number of these counties where if the health department comes down to violate Fifth Amendment rights of business owners, that they could get on the phone and call their sheriff. And the sheriff will come in with the deputies and say, hey, I'm hearing there's some trespassing taking place here. I'm hearing someone's trying to violate the Constitution. Is that true, sir? You have five minutes to leave this establishment. That is where we need to get. Likewise, if the FBI says we're coming after Daniel because he is spreading conspiracy theories about our conspiracy theories of of COVID, and it's a public health threat, and that's a problem, and he needs to be taken in. We need a scenario where I could live in a place and I could call the sheriff and say, look, you guys know prima facie what they're coming after me for. It's not alleging that I assaulted, stole, engaged in violence, engaged in a nonviolent crime, anything. They're literally violating the First Amendment, and they're going to come down and say, if you arrest Daniel or whoever else, you're going to have to arrest me too. And you have the sheriff's posse. So you have the people together with law enforcement. This is how you turn. This is what differentiates a French Revolution from an American Revolution. It's ordered liberty. You have an ordered rebellion against tyranny. Um. Believe me, I'm not saying that we don't have a right to defend ourselves if they violate our liberty. I'm just saying it's not going to work. It's not going to work if we go it alone. But there's a lot of really good sheriffs, and Mark is one of them. So today's interview with Mark is sponsored by Gabby Insurance. We're all looking to save money, especially those of us that don't get free handouts from government. How would you like to save an extra $961 a year in your pocket? I'm not selling you a product here. It's a, a free service. I use Gabby myself. So every every year or so, I look to see if I could do better you know, with my insurance, car insurance, homeowner's insurance. What they do is they have 40 of the top insurance providers in the country, and they'll ask you for your information. It just takes a couple minutes. It's not like these big runarounds that took forever. After five minutes, you will get it mailed to you, emailed to you, Boom, boom, boom. 
Are you able to save money? How much are you able to save? I had a pretty good deal, so I only saved about $450. But you could likely save at least that much. They don't harass you. They don't keep bombarding you. Um, It's one time they'll send you a reminder. And I'm just telling you, even if somehow you don't have savings, then you'll realize that you are indeed getting the best rate, and that's a good thing. So it merely aggregates what is out there. It logs into your your uh, account, and it looks at your apples-to-apples apples, um, coverage levels, and boom, you got it. It's literally free just to try it out. Um, you, you, you will list you know, other products you have to pay money for, and it's worth it, but this thing you literally will either pay nothing or you're, you'll, you'll save money. And again, you're likely overpaying on car and homeowners insurance, especially if you let it go for a couple of years and don't try to get a better rate. See how Gabby can save you. It's totally free to check. Go to Gabby.com slash Daniel. That is G-A-B-I dot com slash Daniel. Gabby.com slash Daniel. So as I mentioned, we were going to have on today America's Sheriff, Sheriff Mark Lamb, um, he was elected as Pinal County Sheriff in 2017. He's been in law enforcement for a long time. He's been all over the world, really, Latin America, lived in a lot of places, has a lot of experience. He's a fluid Spanish speaker. Lots of learned world experience and certainly is keenly aware of what it's like in other countries and some of the freedoms that we've taken for granted and now we're confronted with these problems. He also has a new book out uh, check it out, Amazon or anywhere else you want to uh, buy books. American Sheriff, Traditional Values in a Modern World. Sheriff Lamb, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Daniel. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, I, I told my audience how amazing it was, the timing of our call, and I was so happy you're working on this project. Could you give us an update since last time how 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 is the sheriff's posse working? Talk a little bit about the structure, the number of people, how it's grown, what you'd like to do with it, and why it's so important. Oh, it's been great. You know, back in uh, for those who don't know, just to put it into context, um, probably back in mid year to fall of last year, I noticed uh, there was just a lot of people that were frustrated. They didn't have answers. They didn't know what to do, and so. I wanted to give them a little bit of peace of mind, some answers and make them feel part of the, the solution instead of just worrying about the problem. And so I started the citizens posse as a sheriff. Uh, we have the right here in Arizona. My job is to suppress all of phrase, uh, insurrections, riots, any of those things. And then I can also call on it as many inhabitants of the County as I deem necessary. Now, just so you understand the citizens posse is an inactive posse for unless something really bad happens, you know, a flood, a fire, uh, or an insurrection that we need help. Um, most people don't realize that we are limited on resources when it comes to law enforcement. Um, we do a good job of maintaining and holding the line with what we have, but if should something really big go off, it would really stretch us. So we did this with Citizens Posse for a lot of those reasons, and uh, it went great. We've done a lot of classes. We did we also created an online class so that people could do it online. Uh, we're running people through our virtual trainer. The feedback has been amazing. And uh, now we've got a whole list of people that are part of our citizens posse. Through that, we've also been able to get people that are interested in applying for jobs within our county mm. and also our 
patrol posse. So we have another posse where the guys actually put on uniforms, take home cars. They're volunteers. They do about 1,800 hours a month for me. Um, but I got to be honest with you, I have so many people that want to be part of that. I just don't have the budget to, to continue to put them through. And I don't, um, I, ha- I don't have enough background investigators to do all the background. So it's been overwhelmingly successful, received very well. And uh, I think the foresight that we had really showed through because now we're seeing how important that is and how important that may become as we move forward through these uncertain times. Exactly. That That is terrific. So you have two different levels. One's an inactive one. One's literally like, I, I guess what, what you almost seem to be describing, and correct me if I'm wrong, is the same way you have a volunteer fire department. You always have, you know, a volunteer kind of part-time type of deal. Is that what you're replicating in terms of policing? Yeah. So what we, we've got the patrol posse, which they do. They look just like deputies. They have guns, and we put them through 350 hours of training. Um, they can't make arrests. They don't have that power, and we don't have them run code, which means they don't go lights and sirens to calls, but they transport prisoners for us. They help us search buildings. They help us secure crime scenes. Um, the, what they do for us is endless, and then we've got this whole other list of people who we're going to be using for uh, critical incidents, um, uh, and plus, not just to mention that they, they, we've given them a better education as to what they can expect from their police department, their sheriff's office, and how they can be part of uh, protecting their communities and their homes and and basically protecting the Constitution and freedom. That's really what we want to instill in these folks is this is what you can do as citizens to help protect these freedoms and to help us protect our community. So... That's what's going on in your county that sounds it, – it sounds like a terrific idea. To me, this really is community policing at its best when you bring people in. Rather, it's kind of us versus them. Oh, here the cops are coming. Um, you, you, you should be one unit, one unit at a local level. It's self-governance at its core um, where you bring in – like to me, when the Constitution and the Second Amendment talks about a militia, we kind of look over that clause – But that was really important. The anti-federalists were against having a national army. But the the reality was, if you wanted a strong country, you had to have an army. And the concession based on the Constitutional Convention debate was that we would have the militias would be maintained. And the militias didn't mean what they what we treated today, the National Guard units, which are terrific, but they're incorporated into the National Army and, and almost become inseparable. It's really supposed to be very local, very community based. And it sounds to me like you're almost fulfilling that constitutional vision of, you know, uh, a, a protective force of buy-in for the people mixed in with the color of law and statute and, you know, lawfully sanctioned institutions. So it's not going rogue and, and people that feel very frustrated that government's not protecting them. And in fact, government is coming after them that they could feel that they are part of a lawful entity to so- serve as a bulwark, both against anarchy, but also against tyranny, Right. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. You know, the law does allow for militias, and uh, they've tried to really, there is a group, uh, an agenda to try to really demean that and make it 
seem like these are people that are anti-government, which is not necessarily true. I know a lot of good people who just want to protect their communities. Fortunately, as a sheriff, I'm able to create a posse. And that posse is to help me assist me in protecting my community. You know, back in the biblical days, um, the reason why you didn't have huge governments is because each tribe took care of their own. And that's basically what we've looked at and say, we have our own community. We should learn to take care of our own ourselves, learn how to protect ourselves and do what we can to, uh, to make everybody feel like they're part of that community. And I think that's what the constitution allows. That's what our state constitution allows as a sheriff. I'm, I'm well within the law of doing that and actually am encouraged to do that. So this is what I do. And I, I would hope that maybe other sheriffs would emulate that across the country. Uh, I think that's one way that we can really kind of keep people's frustration level down. Yes. I, when in, you know, some people question it, but I actually think that what we're doing is keeping people from, from that frustration level boiling over into something we don't want to see here in America. Exactly. Bring them in-house. Bring them in the tent. Show them that some level of government is speaking for them and work together. It's, it's such a good idea. And, and look, this is... This is across all partisan lines. Everyone always complains they need more money. I mean, the left always wants more budgeting and money for anything. I mean, I guess some want to cut the police now. But, you know, typically um, they complain they don't have enough money. And it's true. You don't have enough resources, particularly in a very, very large geographical county, as most of them are out west. So this is a force multiplier taking people that really want to do something. Um, but, you know, it's basically going to be on a voluntary basis and they get the training um, I have some ideas and had a, you know, low cost training that we could discuss uh, what I'm doing this week out in Front Sight, Nevada, and uh, they do a terrific job there. But speaking of that, how do we get this to become a movement? Could you discuss the website, the organization, the pack you're putting yeah. together, how many sheriffs are involved, what, you know, what people could do to get involved in that? Uh, thank you for, you know, and when you called... I believe there's no such thing as a coincidence. You know, <laughs> you called and we started talking about these things. And uh, back in October of last year or September, I saw the need also to start uh, to really rally the sheriff together, law enforcement, stand together, united in, in, in the Constitution, we the people, freedom, those types of things. And uh, I could see how the government was dividing everybody. And so I put this together. It's called Protect America Now. And it's a political action committee that consists of sheriffs from across the country. Um, our first meeting we had last week, we had sheriffs from uh, Maryland, uh, Missouri, Virginia, Illinois, um, Massachusetts, um, Arizona, and uh, Florida. We had all those states. We're going to have a 10-member executive advisory board, and then we're going to have hundreds of advisory advisors uh, who are sheriffs across the country. And the purpose of that is, let's say that they're trying to run a bad bill um, in one of these states, and you have a sheriff that's standing up against it. Sometimes they feel all alone, but now you can have sheriffs from across the country that show up, enforce, and say, look, we stand with this sheriff in protecting their people's rights and the Constitution, and... Uh, we're going to bring the weight of our organization to, to help support that. And in, unfortunately, in this country, you've got to have money to be able to, that's what we're seeing is these other people with all the money are, are creating what they want, 
well, we need to have the money to be able to fight against that. And so we've created this pack, protectamericanow.com. You can go check it out. And uh, we're going to be standing up for the people, the Constitution, freedom, and what's right in this country. So how, have you gotten other sheriffs on board with this idea of a patrol posse um, to bring the citizens in as we're talking? Have others uh, replicated this? Yeah, we're seeing a lot of more people. I'm getting a lot of calls from sheriffs from across the country uh, that especially out in the, you know, the West Coast where they've seen a lot of the rioting and looting. There's been a lot of sheriffs that are interested in how can they become, how can they increase their, their force without actually infecting their budget? How can they bring these volunteers in? How can they, like you said, a force multiplier to where people see more vehicles on the streets, even though they may or may not be a full uh, certified peace officers. Um, I think our communities deserve that. Uh, they, everybody wants to live in a safe community and feel like they're supported by their local law enforcement. And that's what we're trying to create. And there are other sheriffs that are replicating that across the country. I went into summer and a lot of, for your listeners, there's a lot of counties across this country that are very small counties and they don't have a lot of resources, but they have people in their communities that would be more than happy to volunteer 15, 20, 30 hours a month maybe even more, to be able to come out and assist the deputies in their job. It's more vehicles on the street. It's more um, uniforms, more people that are involved in the community. And um, it's, a, it's a great way to, to, uh, to show that you have more presence than you really do. And I've, I've said to smaller agencies in Wisconsin and different places, utilize that. Make that relevant in your commu- your county and your community, and people will appreciate it. So that that that's a terrific idea, and I think you know everyone sees this as a bulwark against crime, where you know some of us have thought that we would never see this again. You know, after we popped the bubble in the '90s, it would never come back, and now it is, and it's coming back with a vengeance. You have both the individualized crime because people don't serve time in prison anymore, unless, of course, you're a conservative, or um, the the mass rioting. So, you know, I was focusing on this last year, very much worried about BLM and, and Antifa marching down, you know, communities and neighborhoods very belligerently. Look, what do you do if someone attacks you, your family? And that that's bad enough. But then there's a layer that, that Mark, I, I never really thought about. Maybe others have. What happens if it's government? <laughs> what happens, and, and, and this is really shocking, um, where government is now criminalizing opening businesses. They are criminalizing the holding of our political views. Um, you have DHS sending out these bulletins saying that the number one threat to the homeland, while we have this like insane stuff going on in Portland and Seattle with Antifa, they don't mention a word, is people like me that in their view put out misinformation about COVID, that that's, that's uh, the biggest threat and I never thought I would ever. I mean, we we've deviated from the Constitution my entire life. But the First Amendment was always kind of sacred. You could say what you want. I mean, you know, Europe, Canada, they had problems with that. We never did. It was pretty solid. 
that has changed. And, and in the opening businesses, the COVID fascism, we never could have predicted. What do you do when you're a sheriff where on the one hand you have to enforce the law and, um, you know, when people are a danger, your job is to protect people. But what happens when you are the lowest magistrate, you know, the, the kind of lowest level close to the people in terms of law enforcement, and you have state or federal either, you know, uniform law enforcement or authorities such as Department of Health come in. And I'm not talking about a gray area. I'm not talking about a political disagreement. I'm talking about if the first, fifth, and 14th amendments are to have any meaning, it violates them. You cannot open your business. You are being arrested because you're putting out misinformation. I'm not saying the latter has quite happened, but we're awfully close to that where they're locking up people without bail for trespassing, technically. I am terrified of that. And my question is, how do we get to a point where we have this kind of community bond with the local law enforcement where we're going to say, look, someone does something wrong, we're going to work with the feds. But someone clearly didn't, like opening a business or First Amendment. We're not going to stand for that. Yeah, that's why I started this pack. I mean, the only way to do it is to stand up against these things. Look, as a sheriff, I swore an oath to the Constitution of the United States to protect it from all enemies, foreign and domestic. People will always listen to me talk and then they'll say, well, you, it's funny you say that because you're government. And I said, I'm not government. I'm your county sheriff. I am there to protect you from the bad people and I am there to protect you from government overreach. And so... I have stood up many times this year, and I've taken heat for it. Um, a lot of what we're seeing across the country is do not misinterpret these mandates and these orders from these governors and politicians as laws, because they are not. They are mandates and orders, and they do not supersede the Constitution. So what I want to do yep. is I want sheriffs to feel emboldened to know that we are the last line of defense, the last bastion of freedom across this country. We are there to protect our residents from our, of our communities, from, to protect their rights, their God-given rights from being taken away. And so we want sheriffs to feel like they have support when they stand against these, these types of uh, attacks on our Constitution, our First Amendment rights, 14th, 15th Amendment, Fourth Amendment rights. There are a lot of uh, Second Amendment rights. There are, have been a lot of... Uh, a lot of breaches of this constitution over this last year. And um, unfortunately, too many Americans have been apathetic to it. And they think it's okay because they're just trying to protect us. Government will never give you back that freedom. They will take, but they don't ever never. give it back. And so um, that's really why I started this. I want to make sure that sheriffs can stand together to protect freedom in this country and that the people know that that's what the sheriff is there for. And granted, I mean, there's going to be a lot of sheriffs that, that don't share my, you know, the politics that I share or the love of con the Constitution that I, um, that I share. Here's the, in Arizona, we have a pretty open state, but they're still harassing some of my businesses. I've been considering sending a cease and desist. I'm working with our county attorney to uh, the liquor board, public health, but I'm just trying to figure out what standing I have on that. But we're still telling people they can't go to restaurants and we want to punish businesses across this country. Yet our government is 100% okay with opening the borders to whoever coming in. 
they want to say you can't open your business, but yeah, we don't know you, but you're welcome to come into our country with whatever diseases you may be carrying or a COVID or, or wherever you're coming from. We don't care about that. But we, heaven forbid you open your business and try to support your family. What have we gotten to in this and, country? And th- exactly. Exactly. And, and that's, that's my point here. We're also this sadistic double standard. Look, you know, I'm a law and order guy. I, I'm not into this low level crime business. Like, oh, that's just a low level crime. No, you do a crime. That's a problem. And, you know, if people did trespass, that's fine. But we live in a society now where if you had that standard for BLM, there would be 2 million people minimum in jail and some without bail. There is not the only Antifa BLM person I found out of hundreds of thousands of them burning down 1600 buildings just in Minneapolis alone is the guy who killed Officer Dorn in St. Louis, but his accomplice got out, I believe, on 30,000 bail. Um, he was held, um, that guy, McCannon, or Cannon, uh, 24-year-old, he was held without bail. He's the only one I could find. That is very disturbing. So could you talk a little bit about, a lot of people don't realize that DHS in particular, maybe the FBI, DOJ, they have a lot of training, partnerships, sharing of intel, with local law enforcement, which is great. You want that symbiotic relationship to go after bad guys. But again, what if they literally will look at you in the face? 11 Iranians were caught at the border. They will literally have an open border to international problems. Domestically, they will ignore the only rioting that is actually taking place every day. They will let out criminals from jail beyond belief over well over a hundred thousand from the COVID jailbreak releases abolish bail for their protective protected class, such as gun, like real gun, gun felonies of gang gangsters, and then go with a vengeance and say, we need to identify in every County, a right wing terrorist, which is not a guy making a bomb to blow up a building. God forbid it's people like me that have a voice, that they don't like what I'm saying, what could sheriffs do to say no, that this violates the Constitution, this is not equal protection under the law, um, and you're criminalizing First Amendment in many cases, Fifth Amendment in the case of business owners, what could you guys do to gum up the works with that cooperation? Well, I think a lot of sheriffs are doing it. I think a lot of sheriffs have refused to enforce these mandates. They've, uh, They've tried to arrest people in a lot of areas. Unfortunately, I think that this agenda of anti-American and soft on on crime that works for you, but not on other crime um, is 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 infiltrated into a lot of the county attorneys, the district attorneys. They've know they've realized over time that they can put the right people in place. They don't have to hold these people accountable. Even if we arrest them, we take them in front of the judge or in front of these attorneys and then they're not even charging. And so. We've got to make sure that that's not happening in our communities. We need Americans to wake up and be involved in the local politics and understand who they're electing to their state, legislative local places, county attorneys, uh, sheriffs. It is important because that's why these things are happening, because people with an agenda, a political agenda, have been put in a position to where they can affect a change in that area. You're right. There is there's all these people burnt these cities to the ground this year and they were not held accountable because they felt like I, I, I don't even know why I can't even justify it. I don't even understand it. But, um, 
you know, they're willing to go after anybody who was in D.C., whether you were at the Capitol or whether you were just standing on the, the National Mall. They were they're wanting to go after all these people. And uh, that's unfortunate because those people had every right to be in Washington, D.C. Now, I don't condone the violence inside of the Capitol. Um, I don't think anybody does. But don't, they had every. But but target those people. Target those people. And you and I are like this. I don't care if someone's a listener to my show. If they go and like bash an officer over the head, go get them. But here's the deal, Mark. I was expecting these juicy indictments. I mean, this was the most violence we've ever seen. I mean, we never saw violence last year and to this day in Seattle, right? So I, 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 was, I was waiting for like attempted murder and boom, boom, boom. And I'm seeing every one of them almost without, um, you know, except for the guy, I guess, that moved Pelosi's lectern. And I'm not, you know, like we don't want disorder like that. But like, you know, compared to everything else going on, it's like trespassing. And again, that gets very murky because the people that looted all these stores – that's black and white. That's, you know, right. a red line, right? You cannot be there. Whereas the Capitol is a little bit murky. I mean, you're allowed to be there fundamentally. Now, you can't circumvent a metal detector, but the cops let them in by their own admission because they're suspending some officers. So they admit to that. This is very disturbing. And not to mention, and, and what, that, happened like, when, what happened yeah. when two years ago they, they sat on the floor during the Kavanaugh hearings? That, they, they applauded that. So here's the other problem is we have a, a vice president in this country who is actively participating in raising money and encouraging this type of behavior this year, this last year, this, this riotous and destructive behavior across the country. We have people that are lauded and applauded for, for bailing people yeah. out and raising money for these people who tried to destroy America, the cities that we live in, and who instilled fear upon the residents of our cities that was unacceptable yet we had not only government we had uh we had uh influential people actors different people that actively participated in keeping these people from being held accountable by the law and those same people are now running this country that should alarm every american look i'm okay with having a democrat as a president um i want a fair election and I think that we have a lot of work to do to instill, to instill confidence in the American people again in our election process. Um, but I also want that people that want to serve this country and, and maintain freedom and the Constitution. And unfortunately, we have people that, um, that have proven by their actions and their words that they do not respect the rule of law and that they um, have an agenda which appears to be very anti-constitution and anti-american and so i hope to at least be a voice against that and whether i have to stand alone um, i will continue to do it i love that you're with me today talking about it and there are other people that are willing to stand uh, but that's what i'm here to do and I'm, I'm willing to stand alone if need be because i love freedom and i love america and i love the constitution and i i I will do everything I can to to be a voice of freedom. So what what I think makes the rubber meet the road with that, you're right. There's always the impetus, the guy that jumps in the sea, but it can never be alone. You can't have one guy out on a limb, and that's what's so important about getting other sheriffs together. Um, I'm starting an organization that's unique. It's an organization that's not an organization. It's almost no overhead. 
literally taking the audience of this show and any friends and relatives that they have that they know to bring into this and divide them up by state for Liberty Strike Force teams that will focus on exactly that. Both the issues, advocacy, and the elections behind sheriffs, county prosecutors, county judges, county commissioners, and state legislators. And and to really redirect that focus away from the morass of Washington, what is some of your advice of where people could be helpful if we get together in Arizona, Liberty Strike Force, what's kind of the checklist that they look at to really raise awareness, pressure, focus, and, you know, if need be, get involved in elections? You know, that's a great question. And and I think everybody's in a different position. I think that we need to have some people that who are in a better position to run for office. We need good people to run for office. So that's part of it. Um, We need people that will go out and canvas um, for good people that are running for office because that's part of it. Um, we need monetary donations. You can't do any of this stuff without money, unfortunately. Um, even if you streamline it, you know, the money is, is it makes things uh, move in this country and it, it gives you a little bit bigger hammer to be able to, to protect what, what is yours and, and right. And so there is a lot of different facets of how people can be involved. Um, and I think that each person has to, to realize what their strengths and talents are and decide based on that how they can best serve their community, whether it be financially, whether it be running for office, whether it be a, supporting a candidate that is, or supporting a group that, that is pro-constitution or freedom. Um, that is, there's a lot of different ways they can do it. And I think it's hard for me to say one way or the other. I think each individual person has to weigh out what their talents and abilities are and go from there. And, and, but, and particularly as it relates to the sheriff, isn't it important that any good civic group get together and meet with the sheriff Absolutely. and ask them, hey, are you – what are some of the things to look for, like the questions they should be asking of their sheriff in the time we live in? Literally your book, Traditional Values in a Modern Era, in a modern World, how do we how, – how could they vet out their sheriff to see if they're one that's going to be the type to join your group versus one that's kind of like, eh – I don't know, you know, that guy ain't going to be with you if either, you know, Antifa or the federal government comes knocking. I would say get meetings together, request meetings, put a group of people together. The sheriff, you know, if it's if you have a good sheriff, that sheriff should be more than willing to come out and speak to that group and talk to them and ask the questions, you know, how you can help. Ask the questions whether or not you're going to find out whether that's the sheriff that you want for your county and he's going to he's going to support and defend the things that you love. Um, and, and that you want in your community. And so I think that that's first and foremost, um, on an individual basis, you're probably not going to get the sheriff to come out and respond to you. But if you can put a group together, neighborhood meeting together with 40, 50 people, those are all voters. Those are constituents. And those are really the people that I work for. And most sheriffs that I know, um, believe that, and they would come out and do a meeting with people. So, uh, when you when you deal direct with the sheriff, try to get a meeting out there where you can understand what it is that you can do to help, um, whether or not he's the sheriff that, that's going to be able to do what you want, would like him to do and um, and show support. Well, there, there you have it. I mean, I'm looking at the election returns right now. Your county 
voted for Trump by a net of 17 points. It's a red county, but there's at least a thousand just eyeballing it that are even more than that. Some of them 40, 50, 60 net in the real small counties um, and that are even smaller than yours in terms of population. So each one, almost each one has it has a sheriff. So theoretically, if you just take your count, like Trump plus 15 and above, if you would just take those counties, we should be able to have well over a thousand constitutional sanctuaries where, you know, there's sanctuaries for ordered liberty, where, you know, there's chaos won't be tolerated, lawlessness won't be tolerated, but certainly they'll also stand as a bulwark against government bullying of private citizens, uh, breaking statute in the Constitution, breaking unalienable natural rights. This is where it's at. It's the sheriff, and by extension, the, the prosecutor, the county judges. Most of them are elected in most parts of the country in some capacity. This is where it's at. Where could people go to find out more about you and what you, you know your work? Yeah, so if you want, please check out Protect America Now. That's our new pack we got going on with the sheriffs. You can uh, follow me on, uh, I don't do as much Twitter anymore. I was a little dismayed by them. Um, but that's Sheriff Lamb One on Instagram is where I'm most active, which is American Sheriff. And my book is American Sheriff, Traditional Values in a Modern World. You can get that on Amazon or you can come directly to my website, americansheriff.com. And one other thing that I'm working on that I hope to have at the end of February is I'm actually going to do a subscription site. It'll be five bucks a month. Um, and so where we can have content that relates to four pillars, uh, God, guns, freedom, and family. Those are the four pillars that we want to have uh, mm. different messages on and a place where people can come and get uncensored, uh, real, hopefully truthful content that they can rely on and uh, positive as well. Positive. Uh, so that's, that's what I've got work in the works and pe- where people can find me. And I just appreciate the support. Uh, we can't do this job as sheriffs without the support of the people. And like I tell everybody, I work for the people of Pinal County and only for the people of Pinal County. And so as a sheriff, I will always try to do right by them. And, uh, and I think there's a lot of other sheriffs that feel the same way. And we're going to get those guys rallied together. Um, and, and we're going to show strength across this country. Well, there you have it, folks. It's Sheriff Mark Lamb, America's Sheriff. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a terrific weekend, and keep us updated. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate it. God bless. And there you have it, folks. That is it. We are, again, on to an exciting week, a little bit different for us. But let's get started. Go to conaction.network. The website is still being developed, but you could sign up and give us your state. And therefore, folks, once you do it, we're going to put all of you together. And then when we're ready to create the group, we will contact you guys. And if you're okay with getting together in a group, take it from there. Maybe there'll be a team lead. Take it from there. These are just some of the ideas. But one of them has to be focusing on your sheriffs, your county officials, particularly law enforcement, meeting with them, creating this citizens posse, citizens patrol. The more you bring citizens inside, the harder it will be for the feds and the states to play one against the other and get them to start enforcing unconstitutional edicts. Certainly it will help for the rioting because at the same time they're locking us up, they're letting out the bad guys. These are really, really good ideas You know, if I do say so myself, I have a lot of ideas. Not all of them are good, but I think this one is. And 
this is the thing. We got to focus local, but civilization issues, national issues at a local level, bottom up. That is where you could have a million times more influence than voting. You get a couple people, you start exposing these phony Republicans. Um, look, I, I don't like cursing, but Biden's bees. Uh, you could have a whole meme of all these like leadership guys in the legislature that don't want to push back against Biden or are faking to push back with phony legislation while gutting the good legislation. They do this in committee every day. I'm going to talk about this later. And no one knows no, who, who follows the committee action in a state legislature on important legislation. Who does? Well, I'll tell you, the left follows it. They have people. We don't have men on the field. That is what this group is about, Constitution Action Network. And again, we're going to try to – I didn't realize we're going to have to raise money a little bit for um, the cybersecurity. It's something I didn't think about and to create a platform – but what I'm telling you is there won't be salaries. I'm not making a penny. Neither are the volunteers. Um, it's going to be very low cost. Um, unless unless eventually we you know do designate it as a C4, which I might, and then people could offer to donate to some of the candidates, um, not to the organization, but to, through maybe through it, but to candidates. And again, the more you have pressure from both sides, issue pressure on the ground, while helping recruiting, and some of you yourself, I think, are talented enough, if you're in, especially in a conservative district, run for a state legislature, run for school board, run, run for county commissioner, run for sheriff, run for county prosecutor if you're a lawyer or county judge. This is all very, very important. Folks, we are just beginning. This is very exciting. And again, can't wait to meet more of you guys this week and more of you guys who come out in the future. Uh, Constitution Coach trainings here at Front Sight. Till next time, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.